My name's Dave, I like video games This is my podcast called Dave Video Games If you like games, well I'm the same So here's this podcast, it's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games It's Dave Video Games Day video games. Hello. Hey, how's it going? David Stanya here. How are you? I'm pretty good, thank you. The weather's getting nicer these days. Lockdown restrictions in the UK are easing. We can go out again. I got my first vaccine shot. I got a haircut. It's starting to look like we can maybe get out in the big wide world once again. Hmm. 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 Or we can stay the hell inside. Pandemic's not over yet. Covid can still kill you, and it probably will kill you. You might as well stay inside and play some video games for your own damn safety. That's what I've been doing. And that begs the question... What have I been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? What's in your disk drive? Load it up repeatedly. What's been entertaining you so consistently? What video game have you been playing recently? What video game have you been playing recently? That's what I want to know. Please, will you tell it to me? What's been making your hands move so furiously? What video game have you been playing recently? Recently, I've been playing Control, the freaky-deaky supernatural telekinesis paranormal third-person adventure from Remedy Entertainment. Remedy Entertainment are perhaps best known for the original Max Payne and its first sequel. I've been wanting to play Control for a while. It really tickled my interest when it had Alan Wake-themed DLC. I loved Alan Wake, the Stephen Kingy Twin Peaks-ish horror author-based action game on the Xbox 360. Loved it, thought it was brilliant. And then Control was available as a PS Plus monthly game. I was delighted. And playing this game, I was mostly not disappointed. I liked a lot about this game. I liked the supernatural sci-fi feel. The secret government branch dealing with the weird things out there kind of mood. A kind of X-Files-y, Twilight Zone-ish adventure. You play as Jesse, who is pretty much like Roald Dahl's Matilda, but grown up. Or like Eleven from Stranger Things, but good at powers instead of being a little girl with a nosebleed. And she's not in love with a little boy. She's got telekinesis and a gun and a whole lot more. There's a big stinking paranormal event going on. And you're there to sort it out, find your brother and take up your new role as the director of the Federal Bureau of Control. The game starts with you arriving at the office building of the FBC, also known as the Oldest House. The building is a big brutalist bastard. Blocky and rigid geometric shapes, which in itself gives the whole thing an unnerving yet corporate feel as you go about discovering just what the hell is going on. Jesse is the new director of the FBC, and if it is your first day as the boss, it looks like you're going to be a cool boss, because you turn up wearing jeans and a leather jacket. With things not being all they might seem, it means there's some really cool things to see. Different planes of reality and warp situations. Ever since we were following trails of baby blood through infinite darkness in Max Payne, Remedy have been good at making things a bit freaky. 
and with this paranormal setting, they have a lot of chances to twist your melon in this game. There's some really interesting and cool ideas, and the atmosphere is as thick as smashed up banana. Things like altered items, normal everyday objects, which have been influenced by paranatural forces during altered world events, and they have a real weird sense of creepiness about them. Like, what is wrong with that fridge? What is that fridge's problem? There's lots of lore. Lots of lore. All in case files and records and transcripts to collect and read. Lore, lore, and some more lore. Sam Lake is one of the writers. Uh, you might recognise his face from being Max Payne's face. He's been a writer at Remedy since Max Payne. And yeah, you can tell. He's got a real weird style and it's real good. I'm a big fan. And so, as a game world, a setting to spend my hours in, yeah, this was cool. It could feel kind of stylish at times, by which I mean I liked the way the cool font would suddenly appear big and bold at the timing of when you just entered into a new area. I liked that. I thought it was stylish. Now, into the more gamey grit, the gritty game bits, the physics are kind of cool. Kinda. When you're picking up a desk with your mind and chucking it at an enemy and all the papers are going everywhere and the computer screen is shooting out sparks, it really gives a sense of destructive chaos, which added to the spectacle of using your mind powers. But then sometimes it could be weird and inconsistent. Sometimes I'd be walking through a cafeteria and all the chairs will be bashed away, flying away from my mighty striding thighs. See ya later, cafeteria furniture. And then sometimes, a flimsy wooden barrier will stop me dead. So now I am just running on the spot against it, and not going forward. I mean, this is a tiny gripe about realism and consistency, but the thing that really got me was when the physics made everything confusing during a big fight. It would slow things down as my PlayStation would struggle to deal with it, and it actively hindered me in a fight. And goddammit, I hate being hindered in a fight. This actually includes two of my biggest problems with this game. It's tech issues and struggling, and the fighting. Firstly, the tech issues. It felt like it really struggled on my base PlayStation 4. At first, it seems like it just can't really handle pausing and unpausing, having to have a bit of a stutter and a freeze and a moment to collect itself whenever I hit the unpause button. Uh, uh, what's this? What's going on? Are we starting again? I'm sorry, I'm not ready. A bit annoying, but that's fine. I could live with that. But then, as it went on, it was struggling to keep up with a raucous fight. Explosions and papers going everywhere and destruction effects felt like it blurred my already restrictive camera angles. And that started to feel not acceptable. The fighting. When the fighting was fun, it was really fun. Shooting your gun, using your brain to throw a forklift truck at some idiot, and the more and more powers you get, the better it became. I liked a lot of the enemy design, like the creepy dudes who just stay floating in chairs, like something out of Ghostbusters. Probably a ghost. And as long as things stayed on the right side of the difficulty level, it was a lot of fun. But then there was lots of times that I found the combat frustrating rather than challenging. If I died, often it felt like it wasn't down to my own mistakes or a lack of skill. And I'm not just being a sore loser, actually. It was the slow turning camera angles, and the flying pricks who were awkward as fuck to fight. Just being caught out by a sneaky fucker. And I hope you like waves of enemies, because there are waves of them. Waves and waves of them, spawning from nowhere with a flash of red lightning. Waves and waves. Waves. <laughs> Which can get a little bit boring. There's a set number of enemy types, ranging in difficulty and different abilities, 
Some run at you and explode. Some are little cheeky snipers. Some are big chunky blokes with big machine guns. But ultimately it comes down to a numbers game or a combo of the different types. And sometimes it just feels like a slog to get through all these dipshits running around you. Also, to regain health, you have to fight for it. The only way to heal yourself is to get the little blue bits that come off enemies when you hurt them. Which means that if you're losing, your only option is to play aggressively. If you're low on health, and want some health, you're going to have to fight your way out. But the problem was that even if you kill some bozo with a gun or chucking something at him, you still then got to go over to where they were to collect the little blue bits, still with your low health, and still with the rest of the wave of lads waiting for you. It was not easy. I found myself hiding behind a pillar, resigned to the fact that I was about to die. Thinking where the last control point was that I'd be sent to, because I was not going to get out of this one. I think this game might have benefited from a way to heal yourself. Maybe. I don't know. Enemy spawns seem to be random at times. Like, when you're on the way to a boss you've just lost for the third time, the game decides now would be a great time to send a gang to appear in your way, so you're all nice and low health and have totally forgotten that strategy you were going to do. I mean, a lot of the time, it's fun and fine. Fun to have a scuffle and a tussle as much as any game. But when that unfair feeling difficulty just, just... Just when it tipped over and it was noticeably detrimental to my enjoyment. I actually found out there's loads of different options to adjust the difficulty to your liking. I found that out literally about 10 minutes after I deleted it off my hard drive. But I don't like doing this kind of customization myself. It feels like I'm applying cheats. It hurts the same pride I feel when I whisper fuck off at a game when it tells me I can reduce the difficulty in the options menu after repeatedly dying. Fuck off. So yeah, the tech issues and the unfair difficulty at times, that was my two main issues with this game. The two thumbs that were trying to wriggle up and jam themselves up my butts. I don't even know what I'm talking about here. Oh, and also there's not enough upgrade storage slots. You pick up upgrades for your guns and personal mods, mods for yourself, and these are dropped by enemies or in chests you find. But the amount of these mods that you can pick up and store doesn't really balance with the amount of mods there are to pick up. The amount of time I was having to stop and go through which of the ones I wanted to turn into scrap because I didn't have enough space was far too often. Having to go through like, well this one offers 8% more accuracy compared to this one which offers 7%, so, so I'll keep the one that keeps the 8%. What does this one do? Oh, let's see, it reduces the energy costs of my evades after shooting an enemy with shields. Alright, oh, okay. I couldn't give a fuck. But then I didn't want to be sacking off the best upgrades, so I was forever stopping and having to go through this admin. So that was the third thumb trying to wiggle itself up my bottom. But I must say that that's the negativity out of the way. Because I really did enjoy this game. I really liked what it was throwing on down. It's ambiance and it's themes. I ended up playing a ton of this game. I played both DLCs, a load of the side missions, and it was only when I had the jukebox trials and a few of the lesser side quests to do that I called it a day. I actually found playing it after the main story, after the post game, really enjoyable. When I was all powered up and I had a nice new suit. And going around some areas a second time gave me a chance to appreciate them a bit more. Like the big spooky quarry. The map is confusing as fuck. Trying to find your way is hard, possibly intentionally to add to the mind trickery, but even with a map it was hard to find your way around, so it did make me rely on fast travel a lot. And I don't know why, but I am not a massive fan of fast travelling. I'd rather do the little journey. I don't know, it, it just makes it feel unrealistic, 
Like, I'm taken out of the experience by missing that bit of time. I think an interesting question to ask would be, would I recommend this game to someone else? And I would say it would have to be a case-by-case basis. It would really depend on the person. If it was someone I knew who played a lot of games, then yes, fill your freaky boots. But for someone who is maybe a bit more casual, only plays a few games a year, then maybe it's not for them. Stick to your 9 out of 10 blockbusters. Your Spider-Mans, your Last of Us 2. I think this game would be a good case example for the discussion of the numbering in game reviews. Like, a 7 is not a bad game. There's lots of enjoyment to be had in a 7, but it's got its foibles which some people just don't have time for. Not that this game is a 7. I'd maybe give this game an 8. But then I tend to work on an out of 5 system. 5 Daves out of 5. No half a Daves given. Which half a Dave? The legs and bum? Only whole numbers and whole Daves. But then to give this game 4 Daves out of 5 seems too generous. But then 3 Daves seems too harsh. Hmm. It really makes numbers confusing. So I'd probably give this game a pretty good out of Dave. This game has given me high hopes for Alan Wake 2. Remedy bought back the publishing license for Alan Wake, and now they've connected Control to the same universe with that DLC. Ooh, it's got me quite excited. And hey, maybe a cheeky re-release of the original? Ooh, yes please. Hell, playing this game even made me want to go back and play the original Max Payne's. Just the way the character runs with the cursor in the middle had me feeling nostalgic for it. I want to go back and shoot a load of Mafia members in a crack den. And so to conclude, yeah, I had a good ooky spooky time playing Control. Thanks for listening. Thank you. I've been David Stanier. You can catch me on the Twitter at David Stanier and at It's Day Video Games. Check out my YouTube, youtube.com forward slash David A. Stanier. Subscribe to that. Subscribe to this. Like this. Like that. Like it all. Like me. Like me. Like me. Thanks again. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.